Oh, wake me up. <laughs> well, that is the early morning start, isn't it? Yeah. Well, welcome everybody to this is episode thirteen of the Two Ball Golf Show. They said it would never last. Well, actually, I mean, some say that it would be... Um, they wish it hadn't. <laughs> they wish it hadn't have lasted. Um, uh, one thing I do want to clear up before we even get into any conversations of today. Okay. Um, I love the way you look at me when I come up with these sort of like... I just don't know what you're going to say. Where we, where worries we go me. With this? Where we go with this? You're like controversial on this like particular podcast and in real life and on your channel, you're not as controversial. Straight arrow. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> well, Dangerous no, Dan. What, what I would say is that... Um, there was a comment on, I don't know if it was this week's or last week's show or even the one before that, where someone commented and said, oh, this isn't relevant. Like, this is, you've missed the boat. I think we were talking about Adrian Moronk at the yeah. time and, and we got a bit behind from the editing side of things. So we couldn't get that, that information out because Tyrrell Hatton's, obviously, he went. Yeah. But we, were, we weren't even talking about Tyrrell Hatton. No, we that's, were talking that's about this Adrian. week. That's this week. We're going to talk about this week. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, but... We don't, we're not necessarily releasing these videos or, or podcasts because we want to do it immediately like a, like a newsreel. Um, we, we would still like to have our, our say as to what we feel has gone on. The unfortunate thing is because you're sometimes a couple of days late, it's wrong. Well, <laughs> That's I, the only problem. That, well, what I like to think is that we've given ourselves a good few days to <laughs> absorb the information and then give an honest opinion of exactly, get all the facts, you know? So all I'm saying is if we do get something right, it's obviously just more by luck than judgment. Correct. <laughs> but like we say, you've heard it here first. <laughs> so there are, there are a few things that, to get through in today's number 13. Unlucky for some, yeah, but not for us. Not for this one. No. Definitely not. The first port of call that I want to talk about is we're seeing a number of amateur golfers now. Obviously, they've made the headlines in not only in the, the world of amateur golf, but also the world of yep. PGA, PGA professional golf, as in PGA Tour, and also um, Live Tour as well. So we're seeing um, a couple of different avenues that, that now amateurs are sort of looking at as yeah. to where, which way do they go in their golfing careers? I mean, the Live Tour are looking at trying to produce the next generation of superstars, aren't they? Rather than poaching or taking on the, the better players on the other tours, they're trying to develop their own superstars, which is what they probably need to do. Yeah. Um, mainly because generally to start with it was a lot of the older guys that were before they came to the senior tour that little period where they're probably not competing at their their maximum they're on the slight decline golf wise so they're looking for something to do it was easy money wasn't it and it was it's three rounds of golf not four uh, less pressurized team events can sort of hide a little bit no cut as well yeah but now they're obviously looking to try and bring on the next generation and maybe create their own stars as well, which is what needs to happen. So I've got a question for you then. If you were an elite amateur golfer, and I'm not saying you aren't an elite amateur thanks, golfer, Dan. you're certainly in that higher bracket of percentage-wise. <laughs> no, thanks. So I'm, I'm Mr. Liv now, or Mr. Norman. Let's call me Mr. Norman. Okay. Um, and you, I look, you look like a Norman. Do I look like a Norman? <laughs> yeah. So do I, I come up to you and say, Lester, your performance this last couple of years has been pretty stellar. Um, you've noticed I have noticed I keep my eye, eyes peeled in, in the market of amateur golfers yeah. and you sunshine are, are you know peeking out at some of the best I've seen I want to offer you a contract on live for the next two years okay, okay. two year deal 
I'm probably going to pay you, I'm going to give you four mil. Four million, four million in UK pounds, not You've even not dollars. You've not been watching my, um, my performances closely enough, I'd say. Well, I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm, my first, first bid is going to be four million for you, okay? There is no tall school. <clears throat> okay. Okay. I'm guaranteeing you four million. And then, on top of that, you can then have the chance, if you're good enough, to obviously get in the right team to win even more millions. Yeah. Plus, then, if you win some individual stuff, you win even more millions. So, there's my offer for you on the table. However, your other offer is to because you you know you you're pretty good, and you know but you, unfortunately you weren't in the winning Walker Cup team, uh, and therefore you're not going to get the PJ Tour starts that hopefully you were kind of gaining looking for or DP World Tour because you know Walker Cup winners get those, not necessarily Walker Cup that didn't yeah. quite win. So you have to go to tour school for that. That's going to cost you I don't know probably eight to ten grand. And then you've got then six grueling um, rounds of golf to get your potentially get your DP World Tour card, or if you don't want to go that, you can go over to America and try and do the tour school over there and get your PGA Tour card that way. However, if you don't get on those, um, then you you might you might get a category on the Challenge Tour, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to perform. And what I would say is that some of the best players in the world who have been through the tour school say it's the, the the hardest challenge of being a professional golfer. What what What's your thoughts on that? Uh, by the way, here's four million in, in a bag. In a bag? In a bag for you. Firstly, probably tune in to episode 16 of this podcast. I need to think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, if you back yourself as a player yeah. and you are an elite amateur, then you wouldn't necessarily have to go through tour school, would you? You're saying no. you're saying I have to. I've got the choice of either. So if I was an elite amateur, yeah, you know, when I mean elite, you know, in the world, world world's top ten amateur golfers, played Walker Cup, got a bit of name value. There's a bit of buzz about me joining a tour. Yeah, I'm likely to get tour starts, and I'm I believe I've got the ability. Then I'm going to say to your four million, no thanks. Yeah, because I believe that creating a a career on the DP World and then on to the PGA Tour ultimately would be more beneficial to me because I don't, I'm not necessarily need to chase the money. The money will come and flow, and I'm never going to be short of money. But I would like to play in the major championships, and I believe my ability, I could win one, which would then mean when Liv come calling, rather than offering me four million now, in five years' time, that four million could be four hundred million. Okay, so, so I would play the long game if I was. Right at the top of the amateur game. Yeah. If I was, as you described, have to go to tour school, I, I don't believe that I'm going to be a top 10 in the world golfer. I might be a top 50 at best. And I'm realistic about my goals and my ambitions and I'm signing for live. Because four million straight away, that's literally made my life. I would never have to play golf again if I didn't want to. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I shoot in the... Even if you get rid of me in two years' time, I've got four million pounds... Plus, I'm bound to pick up other bits and pieces. So why would I? I would I would take that option because that's a safer option. Yeah, and I'm you just, have to back yourself. I, I think yeah, how yeah, you back yeah. yourself I, and how you feel. To be fair, I, to be fair, if I would think that if Greg Norman is approaching you about a live contract, he has bigger visions of you making it inside the top fifty in the world. I would yeah. like to think. And I think if you're being if you're being asked by Greg Norman to come onto his tour, or the tour, live tour, 
um, then I would be probably backing, you'd be backing yourself as a, as a top player anyway. However, I get it. I get what you're saying. So if you're, mm. if you're one of those players that is elite, elite, then you'd like to back yourself and look at the longevity and look at your plans moving forward. Yeah, How, 100%. But I'm going to put it in this side of it again now. So let's say you're from a family where you know you've had all right you've been you've been a local member at the golf club because it's local to you and it's and and the club have allowed you to play there for nothing you've yeah. won that you've won the you know you've won your, your English amateur and you've won all these other British amateurs so now you're an honorary member of the club yeah. but you but your parents aren't in a position where they can really afford to join you at elite clubs um, there's certainly you're going to certainly need a lot of money behind you to be able to go on to tour and get yeah. your tour card and go on to tour school. Your, your parents probably can't afford that now. No. So when you're thinking about money, you think about the fact that you're, you know, bopping around in your Ford Escort because you can't really. Your parents can only afford a five hundred pound car. There's a lot. Mm. What I'm saying is, there's, yeah, yeah, there's, there's we know there. there's kids like that out there because oh, we grew up with kids like that that were, you know, money was tight for a lot of these lot of these kids. So. But the cream always rises to the top. The cream always rises to the top. And but they, when you they, come from no yeah. money, do you go for the money? Because ultimately, that's you know what, why are you why are you becoming a professional golfer? You know why why did I turn professional? Why did you turn professional? It was an no opportunity. Idea. No, it was an, it was an idea. <laughs> what a way to yeah to, um, to to earn money. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. To, to make it a career and, and earn money. It, it it's it's depend. That question is so dependent on. A number of circumstances, isn't it? And yeah. not only goal for the ability, but like you, finances is is a massive part of it. And if you're gonna, I know the DP um, World Tour have made it now that if you get your tour card, you're guaranteed a certain amount of money. But in the past, you weren't. You had to fund yourself. Yeah. You had to back yourself, and you could you could have a season on the on the DP World and what was the European Tour and lose a lot of money, couldn't you? And you could lose a lot of money even just chasing your dreams of going to tour school and trying to play Challenge Tour and Euro Pro and stuff, you know, stuff like that. You could, you could have a ten-year career and be and owe hundreds of thousands of pounds, couldn't you? Yeah. So it's um, I think times are changing. Like I'm just I'm thinking of a of a lad now who has who has just he's just won on the he's just won on the Challenge Tour. Yeah. from Cornwall, Reese Enoch. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, Reese was a member at Truro. I think he was Truro. Played actually played for Wales. So whether his parents are Welsh, I'm not sure. But so he would be at the time. I remember him coming up through the ranks. I'm not sure if he made Walker Cup. I got a feeling he did make Walker Cup. But anyway, he. I think he went off, and yeah. I think he went to America. But he certainly played for England, and he he was a, an exceptional golfer coming out through yeah, the yeah. ranks. Like he was, you know, one to look for. You know, he's had a. He's just won, like I said, he's just won on the Challenge Tour this he's week. He's won it before, though, hasn't he? Yeah, but he's won on the Years D- ago. he's won on the the old DP World Tour or European Tour. Was he? I think so. Yeah, he won oh. three years ago. Is when he said he won. So I'm I'm assuming that that was. I thought that was Challenge. But was it might have been Challenge Tour? But I anyway, have I mean, he won on the DP World. All I'm just thinking of is someone like that. Yeah. Okay. Who, if you if you if you look at his what I would call journeyman journeyman pro career to this date, yeah. where He's bounced between DP World Tour, Challenge Tour. Take him back 10 years. I don't know. I don't know how old he is now. But take him back, let's say, 10 years when he's just coming yeah. out into the, in the pro ranks. If he was coming out into the pro ranks now and someone said to him, you know, come on, um, 
you know, John Ram phones you up and says, come on, come play over and come and play on the Le- Legionnaire. Legion? Legionnaires? Are they a Legionnaire team? I can't think of what they call Legion. Legion? Yeah. Legions? Legionnaire. That's a new airline, is it? Is that Legionnaire? <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> um, yeah. Come and join our team. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's nothing's guaranteed, is it? Even like a Danny no. Willett is a prime, another prime example who was world number one amateur. When I went to tour school with Paul at second stage... He was there. Yeah. And so was Shane Lowry. They were all at tour school. But I would I would rather have a I mean he's won a masters and he I'd rather have a major championship than fifty million pounds in the bank. If you give me the choice now and went, right, you can have you can be sat here as a former open champion, yeah, or you got fifty million in the bank, I would much prefer to be open champion. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's just well, I'm not getting at that really. I think probably the, the angle that I'm getting at here is that there is an, another avenue at this moment yeah. in time that is a, almost so, like a stress-free avenue. But that, when he was at that point in his career, he would yeah. have to make a decision whether he thinks he's good enough yeah. to be completely elite and he's going to make long, the longevity of his career is going to be worth more than taking a quick quick buck. And how much that money is is obviously dependent on what you feel, isn't it? Yeah. Because if they'd have offered him half a million, you'd be like, no, nah, I'm going to win that in one half-decent season. But if it yeah. was 10 million, you might be like, oh, that's, am I going to earn 10 million? Do I need 10 million more than, you know? It's, there's all, Everyone's got a price, haven't they? Yeah. I'm pretty sure if they, they, they came into Woods and went, we're going to give you, I don't know, 100 billion pounds, he's going to be like, oh, I'll take it. There's going to be, everyone's got a price. Yeah. They obviously live have to decide whether the whether your price is worth what you want. I mean, and Wyndham Clark's a good example, isn't he? Yeah. From what from the reports, he he asked he was on the verge of joining Live before I think Hatton took his place, but they offered come in with an offer and he wanted double the offer. And the reports are it's around about he wanted around about hundred million, and they were like, no, I'm not paying that, and then went elsewhere. And then now he's well, he just won that this week, hasn't he? But I mean. Yeah. He obviously had a price that he felt his career or what his what he was worth, and they didn't meet it, so he said no. Yeah. Which fair play to him to stick into principles and sticking well not necessarily sticking to principles, but sticking on what you feel like you're worth yourself and to them, and then going no, I'm not I'm not taking your offer. So then then the other thing is what what does does so if you think about think about. John Ram's team now. You've got yeah. two headline players, John Ram, Tyrrell Hatton, and then you've got two youngsters coming up through the ranks. Yeah. Do you think actually that the restructuring of Liv should be in that form? Two elite players, two two headline players, two amateurs coming up through the ranks, or two youngsters coming up through the ranks? Would that would that be more of a growth, a, gr- a growing? Because I mean, you know, the the other the other flip side of it is that you've got I mean to be fair you know you've got is it Sam Horsfield who who is in the Majestics team but you've yeah. got your Poulter your Westwood and your Henrik Stenson you know mm. they're a bit yeah they're good players and they're, obviously they're good players but they're they're the old club they're, they're just grouping them together in either mates or from the same country or there's there's some sort of link to every person in the team isn't there there's no randoms there's very few randoms thrown together yeah. it tends to be there's a reason. Well, there there appears to be a reason they're together, but I think that's I think what you've just said there that John Ram's team has got that perfect blend, doesn't it? Those two golfers hanging around with with them is 
is gonna they're gonna improve because they're hanging around with elite players, and I presume they'll travel together and they'll. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they'll get used to winning. So exactly, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll see winning, winning in their camp. Yeah, winning you know? is a great feeling, and winning, winning breeds winning, doesn't it? Yeah. So I mean, it's probably a, it's probably a, a way to go. Would would Liv prefer to get rid of those two youngsters and bring in Rory McIlroy and you know Justin Thomas? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know whether they're looking necessarily at the long term future of their own tour, whether they're just getting trying to get the best players available at the time. I don't know. Or, it's it's a, it's, a, it's an inter- it would be nice to know their strategy. Yeah, it would be. And their what they probably plan. what they say is very different to what what they're actually trying to do or how they're trying to manage it or how they're trying to um, run it, I guess. But it will be interesting to see though. I think over the next sort of like probably couple of years it'll be this, interesting to see how many amateurs that are good amateurs that yeah. you know because I mean we were talking about that uh, Nick Dunlap lad. Yeah. You know, I doubt he was even thinking about it, but I'm sure there was an offer on the table there or something the conversation was probably had. I would I would think group. that Liv are throwing out feelers to every single golfer in the every relevant golfer and every golfer in the top hundred in the world. Yeah. And seeing what their price is and what you know, trying to work out who they want and what what's good value for money. I that's I presume they'd be doing that. Yeah. Um and I presume that some of those golfers on the Live Tour will be also be trying to recruit <laughs> golfers that aren't part of live at the moment um, well, I mean, which, I, which I think that's what John Ram did with Tyrrell yeah. Hatton oh 100% he would have been in his ear wouldn't he he played, yeah. played Ryder Cup as his partner yeah they're good friends he'd have been yeah. in his ear the whole time wouldn't he he'd have his number and stuff yeah. um, I was going to say Liv had a bit of a um, bit of good fortune this past weekend though didn't they if you think about it go on well on the Sunday when they were broadcasting via YouTube um, the PJ Tour which was at Pebble oh. Beach, it was completely washed out, so there's no place. So anybody wanting to get a fix of golf in the evening would have had to tune in and watch live. Yeah. So there must be people. Did you? No, oh. I didn't know. I didn't watch any golf on Sunday actually. Thought I did watch. I did. On that. No, I didn't. Unfortunately, I didn't see any. But I mean, I wonder how many people listening to this and watching this actually saw live for the first time because of the reason being that there was no PJ Tour golf yeah. on on Sunday. It'd be interesting to know. If you are one of those people, hit your comments below in the YouTube section and what did you think of it? Yeah, yeah. what did you think of it? Did you enjoy it? If you've never seen it before. I know there's people that have never seen it. I mean, I've watched watched bits of it. I've not watched a full broadcast or a full round yet. Um, I think it helps. I think it's certainly going to help when you're going to get, you know, playoffs between Sergio Garcia and and Neiman uh, and then obviously Ram was in the mix as well. I do think that's going to only help it moving forward. You get those lead names. You need those lead names competing and and being towards the top of the leaderboard. You suddenly get a few of the lesser-known players on the live and there are a few, like you said, a few journeymen, a few which I wouldn't... I mean, they're elite players, don't get me wrong, but they're not maybe elite names. You get them at the top of the leaderboard in the top ten and people go, look at at the quality of this field, whereas they don't realise how good these players actually are. Yeah, 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 agree. Um, So you do need those big names prominent on the leaderboard to push more people towards that tour. Definitely. I've got some exciting news for you. Yeah. Just to chuck us off completely off tangent here a little okay. bit. Uh, we're off to PXG. We are, yeah. This week. Yeah. The London the London store, which is a relatively new mm. store that they opened, I think, at the end of last year. Yeah. So uh, you've got a PXG driver in the bag, haven't you? Oh, uh, no. no. Is, that, is that hot No, news? no. Um, I haven't done a video yet on it, but no. Um, I, 
basically, I've always been a fan. I mean, I use sub seventy irons. I'm, I've got a deal with sub seventy, um, which I can use and play whatever clubs I want. I love the irons. Don't get me wrong, the irons are, are brilliant and they've remained in my bag. Um, but woods wise, I've not found anything really, and I've not really done much research in the woods. So I was just looking to. But you only, change. You bought the driver because it was a cheap driver. Like you yeah, bought it because it was a yeah, relatively 100%. inexpensive driver. So I just wanted. I was using an old Cobra F8, so you know, three or four models behind, and I just saw a PXG advertiser. I thought I'll buy one and do a video on. How much was it? One nine nine because they, they're they're the same, the same principle as what Sub Seventy have got, and it was it was from they went from now production or the company to consumer without the middleman, the retailer generally. I know they opened a store now, so I just thought I'd direct to consumer. Yeah, direct to consumer. It's the okay. same. It's the same principles what Sub Seventy got. So I just thought I'd buy a driver and see how I get on with it, and I hit it reasonably well. I lit. I didn't fit. I fitted myself for it, um, and then I bought some fairy woods as well. So I've got them oh, wow. as my the woods. Whole yeah, I've got the whole shebang. Yeah. How just much the fairy woods cost? Same price, one nine nine. Same price as driver. Yeah, everything was one nine nine. I think they just clear everything out. At one nine. So it's last year's or the year before's model. You surely like if the driver was coming down to one nine nine, then the woods would come down as well. Like everything was one nine nine, so I just bought. I went. I bought the whole lot. So I bought driver, three wood, five wood, seven wood. Oh, how's the five? Oh, that's so, seven wood. So I've not got the five wood in the bag. I use the ping one because I like my ping one still. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you hit but that I, well. But got the seven wood, which I love, and I put the three wood in. But I need to do a bit of testing. Really, Most underrated club in golf, the five, five wood. So yeah, so we're everybody, going up. Everybody, I put it, I'm just putting <coughs> this out there now. If you've not had a five wood in your bag <laughs> ever, one put one in there. I like the little seven wood as well because yeah, how's that going? It's good this time of year when the when the ground's wet and muddy and you get a slightly dodgy lie. Rather than you got like the green? but anywhere between like one eighty and like two ten two fifteen, I'll pull it out and it comes out better than it in the four iron off the out of the mud. Well, what's good about the seven wood and why you see a lot of people using it is because the as you say, miss hit a four iron, yeah. <clears throat> you're going to lose a massive amount of ball speed. Okay, you could go into a hybrid. And you could miss hit a hybrid and still maintain the ball speed, but because yep. the CG on the seven wood is pushed so far back in comparison to, let's say, a hybrid which is closer to the face, it just means that you're going to have a little bit more MOI, you're going to have a little bit more stability, and you're going to have a, probably a little bit more spin, yeah. which is going to keep it. You know, the more spin you have, the more you can start to keep it a bit more on the straight and mm -hmm. narrow and control the shot a little bit more. So, yeah. you see a lot of golfers out on tour with. Sneakily under head covers with seven woods. Yeah. And now Bernie snuck one in there as well. So, yeah, so we're going up. How far does it go? Depends on it. I can hit it anywhere between 180 and about 215. And you can see why Greg Norman's <laughs> like eyeing you up for the lift, <laughs> hasn't he? <laughs> He's not getting anywhere near my price at the moment. As you know, no. four mil, no. not hitting it. No. Not hitting it. So, yeah, so we're going to go up there and see PXG. I've I've experimented with one set of irons, which I it was the only set, it was the only. Um, Test that I've ever done where I've hit a drone out of the sky. Yeah, I remember that. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Really upset Lee, that did. <laughs> it was Not his surprised, drone. it was his. <laughs> I had to buy the drone off him. Uh, in fact, no, 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 I didn't buy it off him. I had to buy him a new drone, and then I kept that drone, which, which we got it back up and running, but it did, well, it did it, took it a pounding. A bit, yeah, it was a little bit temperamental, if I remember, wasn't it? It, it would just go room. away. It would, I remember, yeah. it was, I remember... Um, when we were over in France, were you on that trip? I can't remember if you were on that trip, but we were over in France and I flew it out. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll fly the drone out off the beach, take it yeah. out to sea and then bring it back <laughs> and, like, and then reveal the golf course with this yeah. drone. Anyway, I got it out there 
and it started messing about got it got out of control a little bit so i thought oh, i'll bring it back in and then it decided it was going to try and land <laughs> in well, the water in the water so uh so i'm managing to fly and as i'm flying it in it's getting lower and lower and lower to the point where the waves are literally <laughs> clipping it as it's coming through now nice shot though it was I don't know, it was like a scene out of one of those war movies as it's coming up the beach, you know? <laughs> it was, but anyway, I managed to crash land it onto the beach and um, saved it, but yeah. I see why trend. we called it Lee now, because it had a mind of its own. It did what it own. wanted. Did what it did, did its own thing. <laughs> so yeah, PXG, they've got a store and it's not a range, so it'd be an interesting experience, this yeah. one. I'm going to go up and do, because obviously we're doing the build the bag for this year. Yeah. So... Um, I'm going to go and do an iron fitting and I want to do a driver fitting because they're, yeah. they're really excited about their new driver. And then I want to get you in there and film you doing almost like a test with your 199 driver versus their current one to see what, see, yeah. see any gates, see, yeah. see, see what it does. That's a good video for you, I think. Yeah. Um, you'll have that, you have that one filmed before you're doing the other one. Yeah. So you're going to have to store it. Yeah, no, or, I Or you're going to have to do one really quickly. <clears throat> and I haven't got time, Dan. Not I was, it was a busy no, man. Busy, busy man, man. Um, But the last <laughs> time I tested PXG was obviously that time at Torquay where I smashed it out of the drone out of the sky. Yeah. And I still believe, and I'm, this is why I'm quite excited to go up and see them, really, because I still believe that it was the softest feeling iron I'd ever tested. Mm. And I, I, it's hard, isn't it, when you haven't got them to test against each other yeah. there and then? But at, the, at that moment in time, I thought, crikey, I've never never felt so anything So you're considering like putting them in, in your bag? Well, th- so they've invited they've invited yeah. us up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're, they're interested because obviously there's, you know, they've, so they've invited us up there. And my focus is obviously to create videos around the, sh- the store to showcase, because that's the idea of it, is to showcase what other people, how other people fit and the experience of it. So maybe yeah. there's maybe other people that watch our videos, they might be interested in going and doing it themselves. It might tick yeah. their boxes. I'm open, This, as I've told you before, yeah, yeah. this year I'm open to using anything. Like wh- whatever, whatever's going to be the best feeling, yeah. best performing, looks the best. I, that's what I want to want to test out. So yeah, yeah. be interesting. It won't be, I don't feel like it's going to, because it's inside, it's still in, it's not a, onto a range style, like we, we, we've been spoiled a little bit at Woburn. Yeah. So I don't think it's, from a fitting point of view, I don't feel like it's going to be to that level. No. It'd be indoor, but then Callaway's is indoor. I don't know about TaylorMade's, but Callaway's indoor as well. So yeah, how good is an indoor fitting really? So that should be a, should be a good little, good oh, little day it, out. Yeah. Well, it's a 5.30 start though. You literally just put now it's fine. Just ruin your day. No. Tomorrow morning, my house. When, when it's exciting, I don't mind getting up at that time. No, when it's, it's right. We can we when can it's smash work. Out. Work is not so good. Is yeah, it? we can smash it's not out really like work, is it? three Starbucks on the way up or yeah. something just to keep us going. <laughs> up the three o three. Yeah, don't mind the three o three. I don't mind the three o three. In fact, I prefer the three o three over the M four. Yeah. We've gone off on a serious tangent. <laughs> now on the M four. <laughs> I just want to talk about. A rising star in the game as well. We've talked about earlier in this podcast about leading amateurs and making the step up and what's the best avenue to go on. But there's a golfer who, I'll be honest, until late last year, just before the Ryder Cup, I hadn't really heard much about. 
Oh, I know who you're talking about. Ludwig. Yeah, and he is making serious strides up the the world rankings. I know the world rankings is, is a little bit controversial now with the live players not getting any rankings from their events, but he is making some massive strides and he looks like he's going to be a top 10 player. Maybe, no, it'll be a little bit after this podcast, but it won't be long and if he carries on, I think he'll be a top 10 player. I mean, that's a that's a massive, massive climb up the I, I think he is world. a top 10 player though, isn't he? I don't know, I think he's 11 at the moment. No, he's I know, but I mean... Oh, you think on form? Oh, yeah, I mean... PJ Tour winner, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it, where he had the hype massively about him. But he's lived up to it, hasn't he? And he's lived up to it. If not exceeded, probably exceeded the hype. Well, I mean, he came right out of the Ryder Cup and then went and won. So I'll be be honest, I was one that, when he was selected, I felt it was probably a little bit too soon, that there's other more deserving players, just on form and what they'd achieved over a number of years, and he'd sort of been sort of, you know, straight out of the bat, straight into the team. And I was like, wow. So he must he must be a serious talent. And, yeah, he's a serious talent. He is a serious <laughs> yeah. talent. Yeah. I mean, the guys, the, 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 even when, you, when you've got the likes of Rory and Ram and all these players saying how good, how impressed they are when they watch him yeah. play, that does, I think you've got to look at that and go, actually, if they're, you know, if they're stepping out and saying stuff like that, You've got to hope, or got to imagine that that player is going to probably end up in a in a very strong position. Well, they they, they are elite players, and they've seen the best players in the world. Yeah, they play with them, the, yeah. So they've seen they've seen everything that you'd see in golf, and if they're yeah. impressed by something, then it's um, again it's levels it's levels, isn't it? And he's if he's nearly on their level already. Yeah. Could, do you reckon he could win a major this year? Yeah, hundred percent. He could. Yeah. Hundred percent. Be good. I, think, if, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think you could end up with um, a real mix of major winners this year. The, the, the depth of... <sighs> Desperate for Victor Hovland to win one. The depth and strength of the tour, uh, the golf, the golfers now at elite levels is ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, fantastic. When they tee up, anybody in the you know anybody can win, can't they? There's no there's no um, there's no rabbits anymore. But yeah, it would be good if he wins. Not it'd be good for Scandinavian golf, wouldn't it? And yeah. I used to love the um, the Swedish players as well. The well, they, Harnavik and Harold Johansson and Jarmo Sandlin with his massively long driver. Yeah, but they well, are all characters, aren't they? They're characters, yeah. And they are, uh, you know, Harnavik had that the hat on backwards, didn't he? The uh, no, no, his was his was up. So Parnovic oh, his was, was up. up. Yeah. Oh, it was Johansson. Uh, was Johansson backwards. was backwards. Yeah. Uh, you had Freddie Jakobsen who always had the always had his, uh, his chewing tobacco, tobacco up was, and yeah. his top lip. So he's and then he had. A shirt out a lot of the time. Yeah, uh, Yamo Sandlin with his, his sunglasses. That and that massive with. driver, didn't he? And got that like huge a... long driver. Yeah. Um, I mean, he and and even Henrik Stenson, you know, he had yeah. he had some flair about him, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. The Terminator was it? The Terminator? What they called him? Can't remember. What it's called. Terminator. <laughs> they called him. But yeah, with his shades and everything. Yeah. So yeah, they are, they are. They're fun fun people, aren't they? Yeah. They're characters. Which is what you need. Which on is tour. which is what helps. The world needs characters, Dan. I, I would say that um, I'm thinking about it, like. Ludwig, I don't feel like he's a character in that front at this moment in time, do you? Do you feel like, I mean, if you think about no. him, is there anything that pops out that goes, but maybe over time he'll, that, that will come out of him? Yeah, I would, I would say his golf was probably, not in Henrik necessarily, but the other mentioned names, he's probably, potentially is going to be better, a better player than them, isn't he? So sometimes better players don't have as much don't necessarily need as much personality and character because they've got the ability yeah. to stand out. Yeah, Jasper Parnovic was, was a good lad, wasn't he? 
He was brilliant. Was he was he the cigars as well? I can remember him smoking a cigar playing in the tournament. Maybe. Or winning something from a massive um, Cuban. No, I don't, don't remember that. Remember that? After, no, after I, I, look I, I tell you what, I, I did, I was... So that weird putter as well. When he had... Was it, was it called sticks? Or yeah, st- yeah. I, I do remember that putter as well. It was like a really like soft it. face, wasn't it? It was like a, yeah. it was like a little tea you bar. You had one of them. I, I borrowed one off someone for a bit, but yeah, I couldn't... Can commit. I've tried every putter, though, haven't I? Yeah, Nothing. You have. They're all faulty. They're all of them. Every single <laughs> If somebody could design a decent putter, I'd be all right. <laughs> I think the art of putting is find a putter that you like the look of yeah. and then never change it. No. That's it. Done. <laughs> putting done. would be complete. You've got, you got to listen to some podcasts. And, and one person you need to listen to yeah. is Ben Crenshaw. He, he could he could get the flat stick rolling. He, he could get it rolling. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he could yeah. And and um and it was a podcast that I was listening to. Um, Jeff Ogilvy was on it, and he was he was they were talking more about golf course design, but then they got onto putting. Yeah. And he said, "What what was the answer to your putting? You know what what what?" He said, "Well, number one is I never focused on technique. Right. So technique was absolute an absolute no no, no, no. Okay. for him. So all feel them." Never ever wanted to focus on his stroke. Never no. ever want. Never put mirrors down. Never use lines. All that sort of stuff. It was all about getting his golf ball over the point of where his aim kind of point was. Yeah. So as long as he could get his ball to go to that point, so he was always aiming to a spot. It was just in front mm-hmm. of him to hit yeah. over that point. And as, as long as he got his read correct. Yeah. And then ultimately his pace. And he also wasn't afraid of trying to strike the ball in different locations on the face. Please, no. Okay. So it was all about, he didn't focus on, let's say, having the perfect stroke. It was just purely about, can I get this ball over that point yeah. at the speed that I want it to go over that point? And he would use the face of the putter to change his speed. Yeah. And you could argue with that, and there'll be lots of scientists that will use Sam and you know, Crossfield would argue with me on this one all the time, where I would mess about with the face a bit. Yeah. And he would say something like, you would oh yeah but you, as soon as you hit it into that point you're going to move it an ounce off this direction or whatever it would twist the face by this much and I'm like well that's fine but actually all I've done over time is learn how to deal with it like yeah. learn how to use it and that's you can, exactly you can what things, yeah you? but that's exactly what um, Crenshaw and Ogilvy were saying was that the, the game of golf the loss of the art of it should we say yeah is that you take a club and you figure out how to get from A to B in a loads of different ways. Yeah, yeah. And the putter is no different. How do you get it onto that point from that strike location? And how does it, how do you get, you know, yeah. how do you get there? And I was just, I thought to myself, you have simplified putting in three minutes of talking as to what you do. If only people could focus on that. Because, yeah. I mean, you, you somebody over the years that have focused on stroke and using, yeah, you know, I've tried to. technique. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still one to stick down a board every now and again and do some putting, but it for me, it's more the the pressure of the situation and um, being in a game. I mean, I can go on like I when I had those massive chipping yips, which I still have. Don't get me wrong, but it's more manageable. But I can chip, I could go around that putting green and chip round it for with a with your most lofty club for an hour and not duff one chip. Yeah, take me on the golf course first shot of the day, edge of the green. Firstly, I wouldn't want to pull out most lofty club, and secondly, if I did, I'd, I could either fin it through the green or fan it a, a centimetre in front of me. Mm. It's the it's the pressure, isn't it? You can. Well, it's it's the, it's the fact that you've wasted an hour <laughs> around the green is what <laughs> my concern is. I know but, I know you're a busy man, yeah. but an hour 
You've got to focus on your hours and think, I've, I've, what's the point in me? If you're chipping no. around a chipping green and it's all too good, stop. Because if you're focus, because you're well, not focusing on what you're doing out on the golf course around the chipping green, are you? No, no, that's true. Um, it's just a so you've either got to take you've either got to take that chipping green out with you, or you got to bring the golf course to the chipping green. Which is which is the pressure. which is hard to do, isn't it? Yeah, because There's it's, an art the, the to pressure's that not own. the same chipping around the chipping green. No, you can't recreate you can't recreate that, can you? No, like, but you would do if I put a hundred quid on there out there with you. Yeah, probably. If you and me yeah. playing for a hundred quid. Which I'm not going to play you for hundred quid by the way. I'm, no, I've never I'd... been. I've never never been a gambler. But if I put a hundred quid down mm. and said, "Right, Bernie, I'm playing you for a hundred quid," you're going to be starting to feel a little bit like you, what you would on the golf course. Yeah, it's still different though, isn't it? All right. Well, maybe it's a thousand pound for you. I don't know what. No, your no, thresh, no, I don't know what your threshold is. I don't mean is, like but... that. It's just different, isn't it? Because there you get different feelings, don't you? So if I'm if I'm playing on my own, I have a different feeling to if I'm partner if I'm playing foursomes with somebody yeah. and I duff a chip. If I duff it when I'm playing on my own, it hurts, but ultimately it falls on me. But if I duff something as a as a team, yeah. I feel like I've let people down, and that's a different feeling for me. Yeah. Do you ever feel that in football? Not really. No, because you got which is a team game. But everybody, you you contribute so little I feel there's so much that can happen it's 90 minutes like if you miss a, if you miss an open goal yeah. you can still score at trick and no one remembers that missed open goal unless it's really crucial but someone else must have done something as well yeah, yeah. so you sort of share it don't you whereas golf it's so mm. you can you can be out there for four and a half hours hit one bad shot and that's and then that like 10 seconds of your of your game is ruined ruins four and a half hours isn't it that's why it's the best game in the world, isn't it? That's why we all love it and keep coming back. <laughs> exactly. Isn't it? That punishment. I love the punishment. <laughs> well, on that note, Bernie, with punishment, um, it's your round on the coffees. We've so, punished uh, people enough. We have punished, this. <laughs> punished them enough. Absolutely right. I think that concludes episode 13 <laughs> of the Two Ball Golf Show. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. If you've got any comments that you want to put down there, please do let us know anything you want to hear about when it comes to the show. And uh, we'll see you for episode 14. We might be back for 14. We might not be. We might not, but we'll see. <laughs>